0: grateful to be able to come Uh, and we know that anger is an emotion uh, that you have made uh, that it has its right place and right time and right expression uh, and we're just prone to do it in the wrong time in the wrong way with the wrong expression and so lord we pray that you would help us to be like you in every facet uh, of our schedule and our emotions and our personhood and as a result of the time that we spend here, uh, that the way that we do anger would look more like you intended it to. It's your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. But if you keep asking me questions, you may get to see angry. Why can't I just have a bad day without it being a big deal? Look, your family was perfect. That's why you're so sensitive, and you don't get what it is that I'm doing. You knew I was this way when you married me. Am I not good enough for you now? Oh, I get it. I'm just a lazy idiot, and you would be better off without me. Fine. I just won't say anything. How many times have I told you not to do that? Are you stupid or do you just not care? Oh, I guess you never make mistakes. I am so sick of being the only one in this relationship that ever says I'm sorry. Oh, you're not going to talk to me like a child. I had a mama and a daddy and I got away from them. I didn't intend to get another set and we ain't doing that. Just get away from me. Get out of my face. Shut up! You are disgusting. You make me sick. You're lucky me or anybody else would put up with you. We're done. I'm finished. You're dead to me. Why do you make me talk to you this way? Do you think I get a kick out of this? Do you think I get giggles out of being mad and upset? Why do you do this to me? I don't care who hears me. I'm not going to be fake to protect you and your little world with all your fake friends. I'm upset you tell me I need to be more real and authentic and that we don't have this kind of close bonded relationship. Well, I'm being real now and I guess you don't like it. I'm only interrupting you because what you're saying doesn't make any sense. Why would you think like that? That's just dumb. But would you see what happens next time you need somebody? And we can go through a whole set of passive-aggressive responses. I'm just a loner. Get away from me. I'll try not to be such a screw-up and interfere with your life again. Don't you walk away with me. And then we start blocking the door and people can't. And all of that is anger. And we didn't even get to physical force. We hadn't squeezed an arm slapped a face, thrown a plate against the wall. Yet, um, those, are, those are all the kinds of expressions of anger uh, that, no, we didn't tape your living room before we uh, had this presentation. Uh, but those are the kinds of things when we get upset and something's wrong and it matters and we want it to be different and what we view as right and we can't make it that way, that's, that's what life sounds like. And what we're going to try to do uh, in our time together uh, is we're going to take a nine-step journey. Uh, we're going to overview a process that, uh, whether you're here in our live audience or joining us via video or podcast, uh, that you could come back with a larger notebook, invite a friend or a group of people to say, Hey, anger is getting the better of me. I'm not doing it well. Will you walk with me as I try to address the things that are wrong in my life without me becoming a bigger part of the problem? Uh, And so with that being said, uh, step one uh, is to admit uh, that I have a problem with anger that I'm not going to overcome without God. Uh, And as we do that, one of the things that I want us to realize is what David Pallison would say. He would say the very fact that God gets angry tells us that anger can be utterly right, good, appropriate, even beautiful. The only response to something evil and the only loving response on behalf of evil's victims. And so sinful anger is only wrong because it distorts something good. And what we want to figure out is not how to be stoic and emotionally flatlined but to how to be redemptive in a broken world where broken things really matter. And it may catch us off guard to see the word beautiful in a list of descriptions about anger. You know, we might think epic. uh, We might think grandiose. uh, But really, one of our goals will be to do anger in such a way uh, that if an outsider were watching would say, that was redemptive. That was attractive. I am drawn to that. That was beautiful. And the first part of that journey, uh, I think, is to assess our level of motivation. And the goal here is really just to be honest about wherever we're at. Yet, uh, Frederick Butner. Uh, and if you're going to write something this good, don't put it in an unpublished author uh, article. Give it a title so that it can be referenced and people can find it. Uh, He says, of the seven deadly sins, anger is probably the most fun. To lick your wounds, to smack your lips over grievances long past, to roll over your tongue the prospect of bitter confrontation still to come, to savor that last toothsome morsel, both of the pain that you are given and the pain that you're about to give back. It is a feast fit for a king. The chief drawback, however is that what you are wolfing down is yourself. The skeleton at the feast is your own. And so as we're trying to decide, is this something Is this something I want to work at? Is this something I need to work at? Is it really a problem? Is it not? Uh, I think these, these five levels of motivation that kind of outline the journey we're getting ready to go on uh, can be helpful. So there's that phase of pre-contemplation. This is where we're not even sure if we need to be here. And and so the fact that you're here uh, either means somebody was very, very convincing uh, or you're at least at that next phase. Uh, But this is where if somebody says you have a problem with anger, you're probably going to yell at them. Uh, And and it's going to be offensive. Uh, And then we hit contemplation. This is that level where we're in that phase that it, it's a market. The key mark is ambivalence. Sometimes I feel like this really is a problem, and I need to work on it. And sometimes I think it's everybody else's fault. And that's probably what we'll be wrestling with uh, a lot in this first step. Next step is preparation, uh, where we're going. Okay, I I've decided this is something that I need to work on, but I don't know what that means. What would it look like to grapple with and not just be nice all of my life? Uh, How would I deal with real life issues where things are broken? And that's we start to hit steps two to four and then action, uh, steps five to seven. This is where we take that preparation and there's there's a lot more activity involved. Uh, And then maintenance is when We're putting more effort into maintaining the change that we've made uh, than we are trying to create new change. Uh, And so part of what you might do with that is just ask, where am I now? Uh, Another question you might do with that kind of material is think think through some of the key people in your life and how you may have dismissed them and that it may be more of a product of where you were and your motivation to change than what it was that they were saying. Now, the next thing that we give you here is an evaluation. Uh, Because uh, in some ways, anger is kind of like ice cream. Uh, Ice cream doesn't come in one flavor. Uh, If somebody says, ah, do you want some ice cream? You expect the next question to be, what flavor do you have? Or that kind of thing. When when we say, I struggle with anger. uh, Well, that's kind of like saying, I want ice cream. There, There should be some... Some, um, some clarification that goes on after that. Um, now, as you go through this evaluation, if you want a self-scoring version, we've got that on my website so you don't have to do math and rows and columns and stuff. Um, but what I would encourage you to think, think about the times when something is wrong. Because if you'll let me be kind of the grumpy uncle on the stage, you don't get credit for being self-controlled when nothing's wrong. I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk, self-control and overcoming anger is only relevant when something is annoying. Uh, if you're on a beach with a coconut, you get no points for overcoming anger. We have to think of those moments of distress. Uh, you might even consider giving a version of this evaluation uh, to somebody from each major area of your life uh, and ask them to give you their perspective as well. Um, now, if you do that, you have to be willing to what, hear what they have to say and not debate them in that. Uh, but you'll see a couple of pages where you can go back and look at the kind of marks that are there. But let's, let's consider some of the different flavors of anger. And, and we'll kind of alternate between anger that reveals itself and anger that conceals itself. Uh, and so the, the first thing we'll look at is grumbling. Grumbling. Uh, this is one of the ways that anger can reveal itself. Kind of this low-grade, pervasive focus on whatever dissatisfies me that just kind of creates a negative lens by which I see the world. Um, it, it's really hard to have any sense of contentment or satisfaction uh, when grumbling is that background disposition that we're facing. Uh, then you'll see an intensity evaluation... It gives you some questions because the uh, NRSFA schedule that we give you there that you're marking, that's more about frequency. Uh, So we give you some questions to go, okay, if if it's not the frequency of my anger that's the problem, it's more the intensity of it, Uh, there's some questions to help you gauge that. Uh, So maybe a next type of anger would be suppression. And this is one of the ways that anger conceals itself. Uh, Here we mislabel our anger as something else. I'm not angry, I'm just frustrated, uh, I'm tired, I'm just stressed. Uh, but mislabeling or denying emotion really just impairs our ability uh, to respond to that emotion in a God-honoring fashion. I mean, think of it this way. If you had chicken pox, and you said, no, 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 no it's just a rash. Well, there's enough about chickenpox that kind of seems like a rash that it would be plausible to say that. But if you don't treat chicken pox as chicken pox, whatever it is that you do with it is not going to be effective. And so we do need to call things um, by their right name. Justin and Lindsay Holcomb, they say suppression does not help anger to dissipate. Uh, Instead, it turns anger into bitterness, hatred, uh, revengeful obsession. In fact, uh, unresolved anger. Or denied anger can become a destructive force that can tear your life apart through depression, anxiety, fear, physical ailments, or many of the symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Uh, Then there is uh, anger that expresses itself through active aggression. Uh, This is classic anger, and that's why it gets the most number of things to to be scored there. Uh, But when, when we give ourselves to unhealthy expressions of active anger then if we're right that there is a problem, we become a distraction to the problem we're trying to correct with our anger. Uh, if we're wrong, then when people get upset because we're mad, it just reinforces that we were right because, see, something was wrong. And so it, it exacerbates the problem instead of makes it better. Um, one of the concealing uh, features of anger is distance. And when something feels wrong, it's natural to want to pull away. Uh, But if safety is not a concern, uh, then when we pull away and grow distant, it impairs our ability to be salt and light. And then oftentimes what happens uh, is we pull away, we grow distant, the situation gets worse, we pull away, it gets worse, until we finally blow up. Because we feel like this has been going on for so long and nobody's dealt with it. And part of nobody dealing with it is that we were passive in our engagement with it until we had just had enough. Then there is uh, anger that expresses itself through control. Uh, This may be the ultimate God playing form of anger. Anger. Uh, we, we create our own version of hell uh, that whoever does not cooperate with what it is we think we ought to have happen experiences. Uh, and if you look at those aspects of control and you say, yes, those are many of the things that I would do, uh, I would really recommend either uh, a G4 group or counseling uh, because once you've gotten into a controlling pattern, it doesn't relent. Uh, Because not only is this become ingrained in you, you have ingrained it in those around you uh, in a way that this has become much more a part of a life system. Uh, Then there is anger that conceals itself through passive aggression. Uh, This is where we punish people through covert operations. Uh, We try to get our point across without any of the risk of vulnerability. Uh, And then there's anger that expresses itself through violence. Uh, And this is the the physical activity of anger. And this is where uh, anger has moved from being an interpersonal problem to where it is at least an intrapersonal, a self-control issue more than it's an us issue. It may become at that point uh, a legal issue. Uh, Now as you look at this, there's another element here Uh, that we just asked the question, does alcohol, drugs, steroids, or prescription medicine uh, frequently play a role in your expressions of anger? Uh, Because in the front matter of your notebook, one of the things that we talk about in terms of where to begin is just a a triage model. uh, That on the top of that is safety. Uh, If safety is a concern, it becomes before anything else. And then addiction. Uh, if we're using a mind or mood-altering substance in order to manage life, we're not going to do a good job of managing anger. Uh, then trauma, character, uh, which is largely where this seminar fits on that, uh, and then skill. Uh, and, and so part of what we're trying to do and create this packet that you might walk through with somebody else is you may come and say, you know, I I thought my problem was anger. And I may have a problem with anger, but I've got to deal with my problem of substance abuse first before i'm going to be able to do that and we want to give you a tool that walks with you in that way so the material up above that point is largely categories Uh, the next way that we could think about it might be expressions Uh, because one of the things we want to be able to do is to see our anger for what it is in real time Uh, anger has its way of blinding us to its presence and effect uh, and so we want to, in the moment when change would need to happen, be aware of it. And so I give you a whole list of verbs and adjectives there that if you go, what what would be some of the ways that if I were going to describe expressive anger, this is what it would look like? Uh, or concealing anger, a, a whole other list of things there. And as we think about admitting we have a problem that we're not going to overcome without God, one of the big obstacles is blame shifting. Yet, uh, whenever we struggle with anger, uh, initially, just everybody else in the world's an idiot. I mean, is that not true? When we struggle with anger, everybody else is an idiot, not us. Uh, and so I give us some of those areas where we'd say, you, know, you just make me so angry. And I... I place my anger on you. You are the cause of what's going on, not me. Uh, or this next one. I'm only human. What did you expect? If if you'll let me say it this way, only human is why Jesus came to die. If only human was enough, then the entire message of Christianity would be grandiose and a waste. When we make that statement, I'm only human, really what we're saying is I need the gospel and Jesus just like everybody else does. You know, we can you push my buttons, the devil, my parents' temper. uh, You know I didn't mean what I said. Luke 6.45 says, it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. And so we may say, I don't like what came out of my heart. I now disagree with what came out of my heart, but that came out of me, and I've got to deal with that. Uh, it's only the alcohol talking, I haven't had enough sleep that time of the month. Those are real vulnerabilities. Uh, but they're not excuses. Uh, I'm a redhead, I'm Italian, whatever else. You know how we are. Um, it... If you didn't want to know what I think, you shouldn't ask, as if rudeness were a personality type. Um, it, and so what we're looking for here at this stage in the process is just for you to take an honest, sober assessment. What are the situations, who are the people that you blame shift your anger onto? What are the ways that you even blame God because it, it just, if only this and life were different, then, then I wouldn't be angry? And then you'll notice here uh, several devotions. And these are the devotions that are in the larger notebook, and these are peppered uh, throughout the entire material. Uh, Here I'll just highlight one of them. Uh, Judges 21-25. It it may be the saddest ending to any book in the Bible. Because it's the last book of the book of Judges, and it just says everybody did what was right in their own eyes. That's the theme verse of anger. In that moment, we're just doing what was right in our own eyes. And part of what is meant in the book of Judges is for us to, to realize the kind of despair that we hit when we just rely on ourselves. And so, if you're saying at this point, it, it just feels like this first step is punishment. Punishment. Uh, Admitting that we have a struggle that we're not going to overcome without God is not punishment. It is the first step towards freedom.